Last time, we started with the crew staging the play that would awaken Salman and Kaya's latent powers. The play involved a song that would summon the Flutterer, the demon in Salman's destiny, but the song was incomplete. Saida knew the missing pieces, and at the critical scene, she directed the crew to fill it in. Moss as the peacock sang the words, and Mushvik as the tiger played the beat. When the song came to an end, a sound like the murmuration of a thousand birds washed over the theater. The Flutterer had arrived. Saida tried to seize the moment, usurping Mutas' role as a peacock goddess and sang a desert song to pull the demon in, but it was not fooled. Instead, the song awakened Samoon, who began to feed on the tune, stealing the air from Saida's lungs in the process. Bithra's plan to impress Mutas was still on. That plan involved stage fighting the tiger played by Mushvik, defeating it, and then issuing a challenge to Salman. With the arrival of the Flutterer, the play seemed to take on an extra measure of reality. Sensing that the moment had come, Mushvik pounced down from his hiding spot but was immediately struck by stage fright. Bidrohi didn't break character and promptly tossed Mushvik off the stage. Salman, recognizing the challenge issued by Bidrohi and with his destiny made clear to him, charged onto the stage, heading straight for Mumtaz. The combined forces of Moss, Mushvik and Bidrohi were able to restrain the demon empowered Salman and they hoisted him up with the stage rigging. But that still wasn't enough to subdue him entirely, as something new seemed to come over him. Salman spontaneously self-immolated, shining bright above the stage like the star that fell over Uduasha. Saida, having caught her breath, sang a new song to Salman, one to calm him. It drew his attention, and, as if it was nothing, Salman fell down on the stage, his robes ablaze, and spoke to Saida in a demonic language. He told her that he recognized her as a teacher and had much to tell her. Saida asked to meet at the ruby jetty, but the demon had other ideas of privacy, whipping up flames that encircled them both. Bidrohi and Moss herded the panicked audience out of the theater, and they noticed that Captain Peregrine, who was also present, had directed Salman's bodyguard Hambir Rao to fetch the rest of Dunkat's family. Killing two birds with one stone, Moss and Bidrohi opened up a fire hydrant and used the jet to combat the flames as well as knock the bodyguard down. Within the burning ring of fire, Salman told Saida that he had heard her song and wanted to learn from her, that he had seen the falsehood of the city and was seeking the truth. In return for this truth, he would give up his namelessness. He took on a new name, the King of Liars, and Saida would be his new vizier. He warned her that what they had done here would anger Dankayats, and he made to whisk Saida away to lands unknown, but Mushvik came to the rescue. While all this was going on, he had ducked into the staff kitchen and returned armed with an ancestor banana sweet sundae. His aim true, he flung the mystical desert at Salman. The ice cream doused the flames, the banana subdued his magic, and finally the bull knocked him out cold. It was over. But it wasn't quite over. For Bithrohi had caught a glimpse of the magnificent sword Hambir Rao was carrying, and he simply had to have it. Moss tried to nick it for him, but the bodyguard had his guard up, and he bit down hard on Moss's pilfering hands. Bithrohi came to his sister's aid, with Baldmurad and Pilot backing him up. Together, they disarmed Hambir Rao, tossed him out the window, and claimed the prize sword as their own. Now it really was over, and we pick up the story with the crew and we try to make sense of all that went down, and dealing with the aftermath. Uduasha City, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow, where dancers cavort in forbidden operas, making love to forgetting and flame, where the wealthy play at war with silver swords and silken sashes, where the people mine the dead heart of a burning star for cannonballs and pipework, and where a thousand secrets hide in a forest of paper and ink. Here, the five key bearers reside. The five who know the secrets of the broken gates of death. Five. Five only. 
There is no sixth spire, forlorn and forgotten in the desert. There is no one who looks to the displaced, the poor and destitute and landless, whose ancestry has been stripped from them by foreign looms and foreign sparcraft, and no one has ever heard of the House of Endings. But this is their story. Their roots pulled up and burned, they stand in filth up to their necks. And that is precisely why they must keep their heads ever high. Welcome to Uduasha, immigrant. May it fear the name of the house you will build. Welcome to Desperate Attune, an actual play podcast about characters with their identities in peril, played by an international cast devoted to fiction-first gaming, collaborative world-building, and complex character drama. What are you all doing? Anyone can start. Anyone who volunteers. Um, well, I nominate I, somebody else. Oh God! I mean, the obvious thing is to, to deal with my uh, injuries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I believe our crew has a healer as a contact. Polo me. Oh, a crew contact. Interesting. Yeah. yeah it's Polo me, a healer. So, um, yeah, no, no need to. Do well, I miss too much? Oh yeah, who is this? I, oh, who, who, who added this here? Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Banging on the bathroom floor. No, okay. It, the description is a practitioner of healing, physical, emotional, spiritual. If that rings any bell. Oh, Bells. that might be me then, because it sounds like the kind of thing that I would write. Um, but I don't remember writing them in, so it could really, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, then I will volunteer someone who isn't tree because it's funnier that way. Emma, great. <laughs> tell me one thing about Pulumi, and we will base the character on this one thing. Hmm. Well, we've done this one already. It's the one that pops into mind. The one that pops into mind is, of course, they're a priest of the of the hungering one. Hmm. Ah. No reason we can't bring it back. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we encountered a very unorthodox priest of the Hungering One last time, so it might be fun to meet one of the orthodox practitioners. One just, of the just a normal priest of normal the priest. Void. Yeah. No cannibalism here, uh-huh. apparently. Yeah. I mean, the last person we met was, uh, was you know, looked acorosi and had like a, a twisted kind of colonial angle, so this might just be a local, yeah. you know? Uh, they're, they're, it's still a very weird church, but I mean, this whole feeding the hungry angle and feeding being a holy act, it's probably can be interpreted in a lot of ways. Maybe they're cannibal, maybe not. The last person we saw was a fucked up cannibal. We'll find out about Pulumi. This one will be a they're non-fucked up cannibal. cannibal. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They're a what? <laughs> a non-fucked up cannibal. Just a cool, yes. just a cool uh-huh. person. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, this is Pulumi. Uh, do we want a pronoun? Uh, Ariat, you can decide this. You're going to see them. Um, yes, uh, I think just she, her sounds like a female name, Pulumi. Okay, Pulumi, yes. All right, she, her. So, uh, how we described the, the priests of the hungry one is that they wear necklaces of teeth. That's hmm. their normal... Uh, out uh, outfit, and I think Pulumi is. I mean, uh, I think there's two ways to go with Priest of the Hungry One. They either look very gaunt or they look very plump. 
And I mm. think Pulumi falls in the the latter category. She's like she has like kind of lunch lady vibes. I think she's so she's a fairly large woman. She has all these rattling rows of teeth. And I guess the crew knows her a little bit because I mean you come from a poor part of the district, so she comes by sometimes to administer, you know, food and help. They work for a a charity after all. Mm-hmm. I also yeah. need medical attention, so I think I'm also going to be there. Yeah, she's uh, she's serving up uh, meat surprise um, mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, <laughs> and um... uh, yeah, she uh, she sees you come in and. Uh, you are fairly obviously injured, right? Like you have burns and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, the entire like Mushik's entire backside is burnt because I, I expected after he tossed the ice cream at yeah. the demon, he turned around. You know, he didn't look at the explosion, but uh... <laughs> there's yeah. a reason you sh- cool guys should look at them. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love, by the way, that you threw a bowl of ice cream and somehow that caused an explosion, okay? <laughs> no, I mean, the, the fires. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't yeah, pay know. attention to the fires. It's just... Yeah, I know. It's just... um, um, yes, yeah. banana bomb, like in Worms. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so this, uh, this woman, she looks up from the food she's serving and uh, she says, Oh, Mushvik. Sorry, we're uh, we're out of your favorite today. My favorite? They they serve something that's my favorite. Apparently, they do well. Th- something that she thinks is your favorite is probably not accurate. So <laughs> she gave you food at some point, and you were like, "Yes, it's very nice." And mm-hmm. she's one of those people who, you know, mm. she pays attention to people, but she also pays the wrong attention, right? So, All right. Okay. Mm. In that case, mostly just mutters under his breath. Oh, thank God. Yeah, you said you liked something at some point, and she's remembered it ever since. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, no, I'm just gonna fly that Mushrik is not a fan of mystery meat or no. like whatever no. it is that. <laughs> yeah, she she says, "Oh dear me, dear me, how how are you? Oh, come oh. sit. Mm, sit. Sitting hurts a bit. Oh, uh, as just standing. Oh, well, that's not good. That's no. not good at all. What happened?" Um, oh, how how do we how do we explain this? Bit he really? totally like totally wrestled with this dude who was like on fire and also like a demon or something, you know. It was like super badass. Yeah, yeah. That's about the size of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she looks at Bidrahi back to Mushvik, then at Bidrahi, and she says, "Oh, well, you really oughtn't do that. That can't be good for you." Uh, first time for everything, I guess. Ah, uh, you really need to have that looked at. You really do, really do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, uh, is, is it possible for someone to just just gently pick me up and and take me to the ward? Fine, <laughs> fine, I'll do it. But just because you liked my cooking so much, <laughs> she... <laughs> and I think she physically picks you up because she's a pretty stout woman. And we follow her. Follow me, Amma. You won't believe. Like he keeps just going on and on about like the the stew, and he keeps going on about the rezala. He keeps going on about the kebab, and I'm like, you guys do kebab, and he's like, they do everything here, and it's like amazing. He, you must like feed him very very well. It's all he ever talks about. Oh well, I'm flattered. I really am. But can I give I give like yeah. Mushfik a thumbs up because like uh-huh. I imagine him being carried, so like his face he's facing towards me. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I give her and, a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. And she puts you down on a, uh, a bench and like pulls up your shirt and goes like, oh, yes, you are a bit burnt, she says. So there's something odd about how she talks about burnt skin. But Oh, no, I mean, she, she's not thinking yeah. of like books. Anything mm-hmm. is she, she, she? She's not one of the weird cannibal ones, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. she, uh, but she will take out the salves and yeah. administer them to you, so you can make your recovery roll here, which is okay. your tier with a bonus die, and your tier one, right? Or are you tier zero? We are oh tier zero. Tier zero, zero. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so one die to recover. Why can't I, can I never find the? The one for t- rolling here. Oh, because you just click on it. It's t- on the crew right. sheet. Yeah, because yeah. you click on it, t- that's why. Plus one, right? Whoops, no, mm-hmm. that's a mistake. Just ignore the, the last one, it's the three. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so three. it's uh, a one tick to your healing clock. Yeah. This goes, oh, watch it, watch it, watch it. Ah. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's like, oh. Don't worry, don't worry. This is true and tested, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's some salve with an, from a tube with an elephant on it. It'll it'll do wonders, and uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to roll again? Yeah, might as well because um, mm-hmm. I don't think I have any other downtime things yeah. I want to do. So oh, the same three. <laughs> okay, so one. Yeah, the lingering oh. curse. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, you can always like dip into your resources and so on. Yeah, spend coin. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think hanging out with minus one die is is uh, is ideal. So I'll spend a coin. And let's like, just, and I just tell just 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 just, yeah. re- just really like slather it all on. Like. Yeah, I think what this coin represents is actually spending a night in their house of hospitality. Because I mean, they do things like you know. Uh, this is not a world with a functioning healthcare system, so this is also one of the charities they do, right? They can put you up in a hospital bed overnight for payment, uh, because oh, yeah. that's, you know, they're a charity, but they need to yeah. make things go around somewhat. But if you pay them, they can put you up in yeah. in hospital for a few nights. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're like, oh, we, we would really appreciate a donation. We would really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> <laughs> and you roll. You just roll consistently worse, so you still haven't healed unless you want to spend your last coin on healing. I as had well. this idea of Mushvig being perpetually broke, so yeah, here we are. <laughs> All right, one more coin. I guess basically what we find out is Mushvig is just going to be put up in hospital this entire downtime. Oh, there spirit. we go. Here we go. Yes. I'm yeah. Healed. Okay. Yeah. I'm healed. So yes. two ticks spill over. Uh, your wounds downgrade. And uh, so your wounds now a level one burn, and you have two ticks towards healing that as well. Four down dimensions to bring it down one level. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's fine. It's, it's role playing. Like like I said, Mushrix always broke. So. Yeah. It's in character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. I'll be like, Ananti, I'm also very hurt. Uh-huh. This hurt, it's physical, but also very emotional. Uh, she, I think the dynamic she has with you is she fusses a lot over Mushvik, who she knows to be like a big, strong man, and then she turns to you and goes like, "Oh, are you very hurt? Is it? 
well, let me take a look. And she totally doesn't take you seriously at all. Like she took Mushvig seriously, but she doesn't take you seriously. The pain of being attacked by your own family and like by Shere Khatam, who is like brother to me. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Did I do that? Was that? I think it was Moth that stabbed you, but it was a brawl. I'm sure yeah. you were banged about by both of them. Yes. <laughs> I do not hold grudges, but I must say there is a pain. You know, there is a pain. Mitchell <laughs> from his bed, like you know, I guess across the curtain, just goes, "Oh, quit your belly aching. This is a, this is war." Yeah. <laughs> is in my heart, brother. She shakes her head and says, you know, you freely shouldn't get involved in things like war. Those are just not healthy for you. All right, all right. I'll get you something against the pain of being attacked by your family. (laughs) Then she will take out some candy and she's going to feed you one candy at a time while you gripe. Because this is how the hungry one solves things. Food solves all problems. Okay. If you're hurt, we get you something nice. Mm-hmm. So that's two ticks. <laughs> so she gives you some candied fruit, and it's immediately better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, hmm. Since this is also an emotional pain, I'm going to have the next scene with Moss. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Hmm. What do you think we could, what mutual interest could we possibly share for like recreation? Well, oh, I, I was going to ask you, like, I was going to ask you to train me in like using a sword at all competently, um, but that might not be the most recreational exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do that afterwards. Yeah. Hmm. What could be nice? Hmm. Uh, Prince, do you think there's issues with like uh, Ketrisis, like especially really poor Ketrisis, going to Udiput? Um, hmm. I mean, I think it's one of those you won't fit in, but it's not, you know, it's not Chitishpur uh, where the really rich live. So I think you can get by on it. You know, you can look like you belong as the servants there, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think I'm going to take uh, Moss on a walk around, like, because, you know, she's a relatively new arrival. So maybe, mm-hmm. like, I assume there's places like Udeput and so on that you haven't, like, fully explored. And Udeput obviously is, like, full of ancient nooks and crannies. Yeah. Uh, so I think, and the place we're going to go down is called the Poesy Promenade, mm-hmm. which is an old bridge built that's linking Udeput with... I forget which one. Uh, Chitishpur, actually, yeah, where the really yeah. rich live. So okay. yeah, you can uh, you can go so far on the bridge, and then you won't be allowed to go any further. But you can mm-hmm. go pretty far on it. Yeah, we can walk around, and it's very it's very nice. Uh, it's not efficient at all. It's more ornamental than anything else. And yeah. there's like an old tradition of like instead of like an actual toll booth, they have like you can pay a toll and like walk through, or you can. Have or you can like give a poem to the guy. Like the toll conductor is also a poet, supposedly. Uh, I have no idea if this is still instituted. Probably isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the idea is that you know you go up there, you give your poem, and if they like it, then you walk across. And so I think like I'm just showing this to uh, Moss, and 
I think we come up to the poetry, the mm-hmm. the tall guy, the poet. Yeah, uh, and the mm-hmm. tall guy of the day happens to be a very old man, like incredibly old by by anyone's standards. He appears to be blind, and he's sitting at the booth, uh, inhaling the scent of the poesy promenade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I look at Moss, and I say. Mosapu, how are you with poetry? Are you are you like a fan? Um, well, it's certainly something that I appreciate from time to time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love a good poem, but more than the good poem, I love comedy. And if we stand here long enough, very soon we will see many people trying to cross this bridge who have like no money, and they will be like, "Can I have?" Can I give you a poem instead? And then they will say a poem, and it's mostly like absolute dog shit. And this old <laughs> man will get more and more pissed off because he's a real poet. So we're going what? to stand here and watch it. It's going to be fun. What? They're literally <laughs> playing with songs in Urduasha. Yes. Well, only here. I mean, it's a really cool romantic idea, uh, but it didn't take off anywhere else. I, th- I wish it would have. It would have been like super cool, you know? Then I could get like. Stuff for free everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what? You and I should get in government now that we're nobility. We can institute it everywhere. Mm. You know what? I mean, we can stand here and watch the comedy. That's cool. But do you want to try crossing the bridge? See if we can, if you have like the, if you're good enough for the old man. Sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think this is how we're going to bond. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. By trying to impress the the guardian of the toll gate with a poem. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. All right. And you are attempting to heal. Yes. yes. Uh, because my harm is I got beat up by my own family, so I'm yeah. going to spend time with my family. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay. So this is slightly unorthodox, but instead of rolling tear, I guess you can roll consort to heal for hanging out with your friend and sister. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I'm going to roll first, and then we can see. Yes, exactly. We'll see how well this goes. Uh, do I take a bonus dice for Moss? You absolutely do. Yep. Mm-hmm. There we go. Fortune roll one. Okay, that does bump me down. Okay, so that does fill your healing clock, uh, which means mm-hmm. I guess that this goes pretty well for you. So, uh, which one of you recites a poem? Is it Moss or is it Bidruhi? I think we. Hmm. Maybe let's each do one. I think that could be cool. Okay. I, I yeah. think what's going on is like we are working on a book. I think I think we are probably mm. like ah, we yeah. started like doing it separately, uh-huh. but eventually we just start riffing off each other. Yeah. Mm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So you deliver a poem and the old man, like he, he looks your way, he hears you, his head turns even though he cannot see, and then he draws a big knife. And then he picks up an orange in his other hand, and he thoughtfully peels the orange with the big knife as he listens. And then uh, he says, That was adequate. Beyond even. Have some fruit and pass. (laughs) He gives you a peeled orange. (laughs) Mm. What is the subject of her poem, do you think? Mm Maybe it's about two different things. You're talking about, you know, how cool it is outside in the wilds where you're free. And I'm talking about how cool it is in the city where there's like lots of 
you know, sex. Ah, yeah, it's one of those yes. dueling poems things. Like the, uh, ah, yes. what is that? The caged bird and the forest bird. That's uh, who wrote that? That's I think that's uh, that might be a Rabindra Shangit actually. Caged bird and forest bird. Hmm. Anyway, it's possible. Yeah, uh, you're doing that poem style anyway. The tame bird was in a cage nice. with the tagore. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it ends with like a little funny epigram. with like, you say there's a lot of sex in the city, but do you know what those birds are actually saying when they're singing outside in the forest? So nice, so so cute, uh-huh. so sweetly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. A new interest in ornithology is unlocked for young Bidrohi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to pass the promenade and split an orange. And it's one of those, you get to pass the toll, you get to walk across the nice bridge, you get all the way to Chittichpur, where, where one of the Fursan takes one look at you and sends you packing in the other direction. <laughs> but A nice day out. Is, yeah, Chittichpur is exclusive. <laughs> this is, you don't get in there without a good reason or good enough clothes. <laughs> cool. I also did this, want to have. This is a problem that seems eminently solvable for Bidohi. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I do want to have a conversation with Moss, but I think that can wait for Emma's downtime. All right. Okay. So shall we move on with uh, uh, Emma's downtime? Or uh, I do have in mind like a small scene with your cohort, but uh, we can wait with that. I think we I can do want to see them too as well. But yeah. that can happen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's stay on downtime. So I guess either M or tree. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, I might take a few more downtimes with some coin, but yeah. uh, not yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it makes sense to do say the last actually and stay on Moss for now. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. All right. Uh, the first thing I'm gonna do is try and buy some good fertilizer. So I'm. I know that I'm gonna be more than doing more than two downtimes, uh, yeah. but I, I'm like spending a coin to do uh, a a. Uh, indulge well, five downtime. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I don't think it, this has to be a scene. We know that you're tending to your tree. You're exactly just buying some fertilizer for it. Cool. So. So that. You reduce um, five plus. Mhm. And well. since we, I, I want to do something with Peter as, as I said, and I want to do something with Zaida. Um, and since we just had a scene with Boss and Bidrohi, I think we'll do Zaida first. Yeah. Yeah. I think Moss is gonna find Zaida probably sometime late, um, when there is like a quiet moment for them to talk about something sensitive. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I imagine this might just happen at home, right? Our, or at our uh, at our school. Does Zaida hang out there? Zaida uh, treats it like an office. Yes. Yeah. So one night late, uh, Moss will come to her office and uh, just like, do you, do you have a moment? It's uh, uh, yeah, I was just packing up to go home, but like uh, I can also we can I can walk with you if you want. That would be lovely, actually. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So heading out of the street, Moss is a little quiet. And then she will pipe up like, I think there's going to have to be a killing. Okay. Um, 
What makes you think that? We were very visible, right? With all that business in the theater. And that brought us to, that brought a lot of eyes on us. And I've been worried about that, but in my experience, you know, the government, you can, or the, 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 the noble houses, you can, you can escape by blending into obscurity. Um, all this demon nonsense, um, it goes above my head. But what, I, what I'm really worried about is that uh, Bedroyi and I, we, we ran into a red sash and, uh, well, got into a fight. I think you were gone already. And uh, I, I, I recognize the look in this man's eyes. It, it's that look that says, one day when you're sleeping in a shed, he's gonna know where that shed is, and he's gonna find out that you're there. And when you're sleeping, he's gonna he's gonna come in and stab you in the side, or or one of your friends or one of your family. And uh, it's a risk I'm not willing to take. This person needs to be out of the picture. Hmm. Here comes a candle to light you to bed. Here comes a chopper to chop off your head. That's how the Akaros is said, right? I think I've heard that before. I could say if it's a currency, but I'll take your word for it. I'm not exactly against uh, unnecessary killing. I think you know this is true of me, but the falling star is a complicated and dangerous beast and I've been trying to figure out how to attack them without without exposing ourselves too much. Mm -hmm. If you feel that it's necessary then I suppose I can accelerate some of those plans. I I think it's more the man than his affiliations that is a problem. Like this this is somebody who would hold a grudge. Also we took his sword. I think she stops in her dead in her tracks and like just turns and says You took the sword of a falling star swordsman? Well, Pedro, he did. And I think, are you carrying it with you, like, now? I think, I think I probably am. Not, like, it's mm. wrapped in a lot of stuff. To, like, mm. but I'll just, like, I'll kind of show it. Like, the, just a little, like, inch of bejeweled handle. Yeah, and I think I'll just burst out laughing and I'll say, <laughs> Wow! Just took it off him, huh? Oh my, I, okay, wow, I, 
you're right. This man is gonna is going to try his best to murder you. Yes. And we do not want that to happen. So, the way, the way to do this, I think, without getting into a war with a different school, is mm. to just make it a legal matter, right? No, no duels in the streets, just a bullet and a warrant, because that's something we might be able to arrange now. You have contacts, mm. right? I did. I was meaning to get back. Well, when we went to meet uh, my contact at uh, the chipped cup, well, it was made clear to me that perhaps I would not be able to um, use that contact again, lest I... Oh, you know, it, it was just tricky, I can and see I need that. to make. I, I can, I can figure something out. It's not a problem. Um, tell you what, once I've made contact, and I'll make that a priority. I'll pass the information along, and then we can figure it out. All right. All right. Um, so I think this is a nice moment to zoom out. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, I would like to to like do some. Maybe it's a, it's. I guess it's a long term project to prepare for killing this guy with as with hopefully like as little legal ramifications as possible. Yeah, so there already is a challenging the falling star project, but this is something different, right? This is yeah, yeah. This is arranging to get rid of your rival. Yeah, uh, yeah. we roll it all together somehow. Yeah, I was thinking. I think we. I think I was thinking we could roll it together. Actually, challenging the falling star is something you've worked on already. Yeah. Although this mm -hmm. is a slightly different angle, let's not split split up our projects too much. Very fair. So I think uh, you can work on the. It's on Saida's sheet, challenging the falling star, and it's almost. Yeah, finished. we're only two so, things away. Yeah. Yeah. So Saida and Mushfik have done a lot of work scouting out the falling star, and I think the angle to make this work is that what you need to do is figure out not how much the law protects him, but how much the falling star protects him, right? So gathering intel on them mm. kind of hangs together here. If you can figure out. Yeah their internal divisions maybe you can figure out an angle it's still a score yeah. obviously to kill this guy even even if yeah. legal but you can set yourself up for it yeah i'm the gonna other thing that i was mm -hmm. no go on i i think i think i'm going to like add to this clock mm -hmm. in and it was with a survey and i think the the kind of gathering information about an opportunity or exploit that i'm gonna do is indeed like Maybe it's not exactly a legal, like a city law thing, but more a, like operating procedure of the falling star thing. Yeah. Um, where I'm just going to try and like learn as much as is publicly available about them as yeah. I can. Mm -hmm. So yeah, serving and watching and learning more, I guess, about specifically this guy, Hambirao. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, makes sense. Uh, roll a survey. 
it's a fortune mm -hmm. roll. I don't think there's any risk. And if you roll a All four right. or above, the project is finished. I roll and you roll a six. So the project is finished. And so challenging the falling star is filled in. I guess Tree can fill it in on the sheet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think what you learn here to contextualize is it's you've already learned that the falling star is very, very, very individualistic. Like they're not that team oriented. They're very much like personal glory oriented. And I think Hambirau is uh, in a kind of weird position because he has worked for House Ankayat for a long time. He's had a steady job there. And so the angle is he, I think the angle I'm giving you here is he's become a little bit of a gray area between House Ankayat and the Falling Star. Now, the bad news is both of those factions dislike you a lot. Mm -hmm. But the good news is he kind of falls between either of them responsibility, right? If he is killed on a job for House Ankayat, then the Falling Star is probably just going to go like, well, that's your problem. You pay for it or deal with it or, you know, you pay for his funeral. Uh, you compensate his family members. You avenge him. Whereas if he is killed doing some dueling or whatnot, then House Ankayat is going to be like, well, that was on his off time. We don't care. So I think the legal loophole here is that it's not entirely clear who is responsible for this guy. Okay, so what we need to do is find a place where both are both find some sort of weird position to get him, get him in, that both yeah. of them are going to abstain uh, or abdicate responsibility. Yeah, pretty I much. I think another situation is that well, if he attacks someone and then someone kills him, mm -hmm. like you know, who's 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 legally responsible there? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So and I think he has a reason to attack us. Yeah, that's the angle I can make sense of here, basically. He is protected by two very different powerful factions, but both of them are also like, yeah, we don't we don't love the guy. It would be better if the other faction solved this problem. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And I think the angle could very well be provoking him into an ambush, essentially. Yeah. Do we know like a much better sword fighter than us that we can egg him into attacking somehow? Uh Shere Khatam, this is like uh -huh. very like I don't know, like where is your self-esteem, man? But this is how we fought in the jungles of Catrice. That that's a standard response for any like oh no, this is this is how we that's this is how we used to do it. Yeah. I, I will point out that the clock Omid recovers has finished, so if you want to get Omid involved somehow. <laughs> oh man <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, let's come to that later. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh god. I will absolutely try to get uh Humbir Rao to attack Umid somehow. Yes. And because we can figure you know, it out. Huh? Yeah. I think we can figure that out easily. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Let's let's finish downtime first, but I guess we have somewhat of a plan to get two of our rivals to attack each other. <laughs> Works. Always gonna come out of the hospital and recover again. I'm <laughs> yes. waiting for him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, well, good. Uh, but uh, Moss has a second downtime action first, and we yes. may be able, maybe spending some coin and whatnot. Yeah. So what I, is your second? <laughs> I am going to find Bidrohi again. Um, mm -hmm. And basically, like. I'm gonna ask him if he really doesn't want this sword. Because we did a lot for him to get it. 
I think uh, you can find me in the yeah the sword school. Uh, mm-hmm. Just kind of like once more, I have swept up, and I'm just kind of like looking at. You find me like kind of looking at the floor, just kind of studying it intently, and uh, then you can show up, I guess, and offer me the sword. How do you do it? You just kind of like wander up and be like, "Please take this." I think, uh, I think, I think she actually just comes up and is like looking for something in particular. Mm, oh, oh, Masapu, you're like, like, do you like just appear out of nowhere? I maybe should cough or something when I come in, huh? No, I mean, it's like super cool. Like, I should learn how to do that. Uh, no, I was just, I was just thinking. Uh, you know, this used to be my father's school, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah, I know you know that. We never talk about him, though. No. Do you want to? I was wondering if you want to. I mean, after... I know, I mean, Ahmad doesn't like to talk about it very much. What happened, but I sort of know. And I know he was the one who told her to tell you to go away. Mm. I think this is actually the perfect moment for Murad and Pilot, because I had planned Mm -hmm. for them to touch on this as well. Mm -hmm. I think as you're you're talking about this, uh, Murad, who I guess was in the next room or something, he like (laughs) hears this and he just leans and goes like, yeah, blessing be on his name. Ramu was a great man. Great man. And you know, that Diamond Tooth or whatever his name is, he's going to regret trash talking and me and Pilot made sure of that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay. Have they done More... anything worse other than bragging? <laughs> they, they, I, I told you that they had pissed off the faction. And to complicate things, obviously they haven't pissed off the guy you were trying to target. They pissed off Diamond Tooth, who is a different mm-hmm. guy of the Sword School. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay. much and for for all that, like our guy is a badass. This uh-huh. guy is easily twice as good as this man, and much better looking also. Uh-huh. Our guy yes. is badass with like one butt cheek. This man mm-hmm. is two butt cheeks, full badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. We'll make sure everyone respects your father's name, Bidruhi. Pilots, she's going to come <laughs> back any moment. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she's not. She's going to murder her. <laughs> oh, you know what? I've noticed something. Pilot hasn't said a single word. Maybe that's just her thing. That's, maybe I, that's I, her thing. <laughs> no, I, I have a voice in mind for her, actually. Okay, I don't fine. She's going to pair with Murad. But... Mm-hmm. Is Pilot not here? No, because, Pilot is. Yeah. Because she's going to like, fuck up Diamond too. Yeah, Pilot is <laughs> off doing something. Yeah. Bald Murad, this is. Thank you very much for your input, your uh, contribution. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, see, <laughs> he was, he was trash talking Ramu, and we can't stand by that. He was desecrating the good man's memory. He like wipes away a tear as he thinks of Ramu's good memory, and he says, "So, I mean, Pilot's not going to take him on in a fight or anything like that. We're not stupid. 
Yeah, uh -huh. he's just gonna put up a note on his door telling him to go fuck himself. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, Diamond Tooth is man oh, oh, who oh. can like. It's not just. Okay. It's not just a letter. It's some dog shit. Also, I almost forgot. Bald <laughs> <laughs> Murad, thank you very much for taking the initiative. Yeah, no problem. Can can Sister Moss and I have the have the space to ourselves, please? Oh, oh yeah, sure. Okay, anything for Ramu's son, man. You know, and he <laughs> like closes the door. Mm -hmm. I love this man. Nothing can be permitted to happen to him. Yeah, we need to hang out with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you have your privacy. I just felt like now was the time for him to butt in about this. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Do you know? Do you want to know something funny? Uh, I feel like I have already learned something very funny. But please go on. We can have more comedy today. When when your father, um, like I, I remember meeting him, of course, um, and. The, the the strongest memory that I have of him is when, well, when he said all that, when he said that I was, you know, meant to go. Um, I challenged him to a duel. Wow. Did well, he... he just, no, he just laughed at me, like, obviously. Wow. Okay. I was a child good that he did that i mean yes and then he's uh, kind of like hmm, sorry, God. you finish just an awkward thing i had to think of i'm surprised you don't like hate me you know well it's not your fault and it's a long time ago. It's a long time ago, but I mean, we're in his legacy. We're sitting here. I am his legacy. Bald Mura, there's like, I, you know, I mean, you know how he died, right? Some old man killed him. He, some old man killed him for like, he led an attack on a temple, and then these like priests just completely like fucked him up in a in a balcony. They were like all in the same balcony. It was like completely stupid. I mean, there's like, I mean, Bald Murad wasn't there. That's why he's alive. Pilot wasn't there. Mm -hmm. That's why she's alive. And like, there's one other person. I mean, you haven't met her yet. Uh, her name is Boda. She's still around. Uh, not. Looking too good, I must say. Mm. She's still around. Uh, I talk to her sometimes. Uh, they're the only ones who survived. And everyone got fucking killed because he led a very stupid, pointless assault in a very stupid fashion. And then some old man killed him. And this is the man that Bald Murad is. Bald Murad follows me because I am his son. 
Do you wish that those priests had just laughed in his face too? No, I think then if they would, he would have just killed them, you know. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. It's like, man, and you know that sword. Yeah, that's actually what I came here about. Yeah. Yeah. And she like kind of like now realizes that she's kind of kind of obviously clenching it in like a bedroll on her arm. And he's like looking at it. You know, I did want it. Like it mm-hmm. really is a super cool sword. And like, you know, I thought it'd be kind of funny to ask you to get it for me. Like, haha, uh, birthday present and all of that. And I think it was, it, was really, it was very funny. And then you almost died. And then Mura, then Pilot almost died. Maybe actually in hindsight, that would have been a good thing. Uh, Why? But, you know, they almost died because I wanted a cool sword. And like, so many people that, I mean, okay, all these people who were on the balcony, they were like, not really my friends, but like, I knew them. I knew them all. They all got killed because my father was a goddamn idiot. And now I was a goddamn idiot and almost everyone died. So, so what you're saying is all three of us have the same flow. And you and I got away with it once. No, well, I wasn't saying that you were a goddamn idiot, but okay, maybe I, I suppose that. I am because yes, you, 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 you did it too. Okay, fine, I get it. Okay, I did fine. It too. <laughs> yes, you did. Then I'm saying it. Right. Okay, you can say that about yourself. That's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean. Kind of worrying, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe, uh, I don't know, I think. I feel like there are two choices, right? Knowing that. And one of them is go be a hermit or I guess any other profession that doesn't involve much danger. Just keeps keep quiet. I don't think you're gonna do that. I don't think I'm gonna do that. No. So the other option is make sure we have what it takes to get out of the weird shit we get of the stupid shit we get ourselves into. I just don't want, if people, sometimes people are going to get hurt. People are going to die. I mean, you know, we aren't like, we aren't like doing poetry or like, you know, doing like interpretive dancing. We are doing sword fighting. Uh-huh. You know, that's, that's the point. It, this, this thing kills something, right? Yeah. People are going to die, but like, I just, Hope that I never get someone killed because of some stupid reason. Yeah. I hope so. Anyway, anyway, that sword. Uh, I mean, yes, of course I do want it, but 
I don't know. You don't have a cool sword. You deserve a cool sword. Are you giving me a cool sword? I already gave you the cool sword. Well, then you better make sure I know how to use it. You don't know how to use a cool sword? I have no idea how to use it today. What the fuck? Okay, fine. Okay, shit. Okay. I had no idea that you didn't know how to use a cool sword. All right, all right. Um, yeah. You see, Moss's father actually was a poet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. You. So this part is the hilt. This is the part you hold, okay? Oh my uh -huh. god. Is this how Ramu taught you, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we can wrap the scene here, probably, as you get on with yeah. the training montage. Just yeah. yes. <laughs> do your training. Mm -hmm. I'm training. Mm -hmm. And then Good. I want to do something after this. All right. Sure. Pedro, his next action then, and then we'll go on to Saida. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, this follows the conversation I have with my sister, uh, but after she leaves. After she leaves, and I'm still sitting in the training room, and I'm like looking at the floor, and I kind of go... Also, by the way, I just realized that as I was saying that, I briefly became slightly more Indian. I noticed this. I didn't like that. Uh, anyway. Uh, I'm looking at the floor, and then I go. It's a good thing you laughed at her because, like, oh my god, Jesus, that's like absolute dog shit sword fighting. Oh my fucking god! I mean, like, <laughs> man, I'm just like staring into space and going. I don't. It, that's probably the only good thing you ever did. You, you like fucking idiot. <laughs> I, I know that like you aren't actually here. But like, you kind of are, and like, this is your school, so you're always going to be here, and that's going to fucking suck because you're a goddamn moron. So, so I'm going to start piling up some earth in a corner, and I'm going to create a small effigy of Ramu in the corner. Okay, and then cool. I will destroy it. Mm-hmm. Oh damn. But first, we must build it. So this mm -hmm. is conservation of the training grounds. We yep. must create. I will create an avatar of my of the old guru. Mm -hmm. And then you will destroy it to signify the new. Yes. Very good. Yeah. Yes. Working on consecration of the training grounds. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I think this is. Hmm. What could this be? I guess it should be Tinker, which I have no yep. points in. Yeah. But that is what it is. Yeah, I think it can be Tinker. Yeah, I think it has to be Tinker, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I think it could also be a tune, arguably, but Tinker is fine. They also have nothing there. Yeah. Because I'm not actually attuning to... I know. This thing. I yeah. know. Yeah. It's just... Mm -hmm. It seems to be vaguely good for just spiritual actions too, right? Even if they don't involve yeah, actual true. magic. But That's true, that's true. But Tinker works. Yeah. Mm, is there any way I could get a bonus dice? Hmm. I mean... I can give you a devil's bargain, which is that Murad and Pilot see you doing this, and they're going to hate when the project progresses, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yes, very good. So, uh, you basically you piss them off with this plan a little bit, mm -hmm. and they won't Actually, be so loyal to you. What I really want to do is get Mona involved, but I don't know if you have time to like bring her in and like. Yeah. Yeah. But I like, don't think Mona at this stage. I think we'll save her for later. Yeah, but yeah, it'll be good to see her. Two. That's all right. Okay, so one tick. Yeah. 
and we now uh, have a very stupid like mound. Yeah. Vaguely Ramu shaped mound. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't yes. look anything like him. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think consequence of this is Murad, who doesn't know what you're up to yet. Let's just stick to Murad and introduce Pilot later. He just goes like, oh, oh, yeah, we used to do that back in Kethris. That's a good initiative. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously they they built memorial mounds. This is what, you know, you're all from Kethris, but you're from different parts of it. So probably you did things slightly differently. So... Okay, I'm already yeah. going to announce another project, which I'm not going to start yet, but I already want to know how big it's going to be. It's going to be my clock, which yeah. is the, 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 the Ramu's followers are loyal to me. Okay, well, because you just took this devil's bargain, I think I will make this an eight clock. Okay. Because let's just represent it that way. This was a setback. So it would have been a six clock originally, but you set it back with this Devil's Bargain to eight. Makes sense. Yep. Cool. But yeah, it will uh, it will get rid of their flaw, basically. Sure. Yep. All right. Are we ready to move on to Saida? Uh, I mean, I'm ready. Yep. Cool. OK. Um, yeah, so I have a few things, uh, that I am thinking of doing. So yep. let's start with, um, I have this permanent shortness of breath that I kind of hate. Yes. Um, it's an injury. Yep. Yeah. Now my understanding of a Senegal is that they're the person who like stands in front of like throne room and like announces people. So they're like, yeah, Lord Walcott. Yeah. That kind of thing, right? Yeah. So probably like someone who is a devotee of the Senegal of the princes uh, knows a lot about how to breathe really well. Uh-huh. So I want to involve one of my contacts who is uh -huh. Srinivas Chandar or Sinu, who uh, I'm going to go ask him for tips on how to like breathe well because oh, i he... seem to be like suffering from the shortness of breath constantly. Okay. And he's a cultist of the Senegal of what? Uh, am I understanding this correctly? Yeah, he's the favorite devotee of the Hoopoo, uh, who is the god, and I've just called it the Seneschal mm. of the Princes. So okay. I presume that like when the princes are in court, there's a big, massive Hoopoo that's like, um, ye like, like yelling out the names okay. of the people who are so, like, coming into the throne Okay, room. so there is some sort of divine Seneschal that this guy worships. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. So he's not the Seneschal himself, he's the Seneschal's worshipper. Yes, correct. Uh, but he's the favored devotee. Okay, Saida's contacts are very complicated people. <laughs> correct. Um, mm -hmm. This is a mild reference to um, one of Salman Rushdie's, what I think is Salman Rushdie's best book, which mm. is Harun and the Sea of Stories, okay. in which he talks about the hoopoo bird as the most uh, interesting and royal bird in the subcontinent. Uh-huh. Okay, so where do you meet uh, Srinivas? Uh, lovely question. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's actually Udeput, right? Like, Udeput mm -hmm. is where a lot of the old gods and, like... Old gods and temples are, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, we haven't been back to Udeput yeah. this season, so... So, I want to imagine him uh, just to hook in references from the real world, right? He is a devotee of this mm -hmm. bird deity, 
And if you walk around yeah. in Singapore, there are a bunch of old men who sell songbirds. And I think this is what his temple does. Like, so he has a bunch of songbirds in cages. And part of what makes the temple money, besides blessings and so on, is actually to sell songbirds to affluent middle class people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe I will find him uh, at a stall with this bird. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to... I'm sure he notices my shortness of breath. Yeah. Uh, and I think I will just say... Um, you know, you can... Do you have, like, breathing exercises that you do? Like, this is fucking killing me, man. Oh. And I don't my... want to tell him about the demon thing. Yeah. yeah. He says, oh, my friend, that sounds very bad. And what I have decided about Sunivas is that he is actually quite old, but he's one of those eternally baby-faced people where he both looks and sounds a lot younger than he is. Great. And yeah. he, he says, that does sound bad. Yes, I can teach you a few breathing exercises if you'd like. Come, sit down. Are you sure? Hmm. Sometimes it's age doing this, but no, this doesn't sound like age. This sounds like... This sounds like something else. Yeah, it is something else, isn't it? Uh, and I think that, like, if the cost... Because he's not my close friend. If the cost of having him help me is revealing that there is yeah. a demon... Yeah, I think that's precisely the case. I will pay that cost. Yeah, yeah, I think that's precisely what it is. So you yeah. can tell him about this, and he will give you some breathing exercises, and he will know that you are possessed of demons. And he says, you know, the houses can help with that sort of thing. I have a few friends among them cousins of the family and so on. I could call on one of those if you'd like. Oh, I wouldn't put you out like that. I, you, it, it, I'm going to try the exercises. If they don't work, then, you know. But for now, I don't want to... You know oh. how these noble houses are. You ask for one favor and then next yes. thing you know you're in debt to them for a lifetime. Uh, yes, I, I know how it is. Well, um... Here's a little exercise one of the cousins of House Anrakis told me, he says. And uh, whether or not you want to, he is going to find out about this. And he's just going to benevolently ask around among House Anrakis. Yeah. Yeah. Just... I mean, it's fine. Because it's Anrakis, yeah. with whom we have no beef yet. So yes. It's fine, yet. right? Yet being the operative word there. <laughs> there yeah. as well. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. They're like yeah. super like... sexy and like they have like mm -hmm. music and all that. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, yeah, and also yeah. like uh, the patrons of the Falling Star. Yeah, that, that they are. So... <laughs> it's fine, guys. They're the house that appreciates beautiful things, which is why, of course, Srinivas knows them, because he they are probably yes. the people who most commonly buy his songbirds, right? Correct. Which, to be clear, I think he is not a rich man. I think they mostly do it as a favor to him. They come by and go like, yeah, that one's yeah. nice. Give him some tails of silver yeah. and let's be on our way. Uh, it's basically no, charity because they like the man, but yeah, I'll take what I can get. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so tier with one bonus die, yep, which is one die now, ah, two ticks towards recovery. Oh, that's not bad, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think what is interesting is I am so tempted to. Spend all my money making this go away, but I'm not going to do that. Okay. Okay. Um, I think I will 
get him to teach me another breathing exercise and roll again. And depending on that, I will see. Yep. Okay, so can you're spending both. Yeah, yeah both, you can both get actions. it again. You can spend both your downtime actions hanging out with Srinivas. I think that's fine. Six. Okay. Yeah. So if I spend a coin on this, that's a crit and that's five ticks, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So five and two makes seven. So I it'll go down to uh, uneasy breathing and I will have two three ticks, ticks towards healing. Yeah. So one. Yeah. One tick left, mm -hmm. which I think is fine. I'll figure that out. Yeah. Um, Okay, then I think uh, another thing that I want to do mm -hmm. uh, is I want to work on this clock to reestablish contact because my uh, grand niece wants to murder some guy. Mm -hmm. And regardless of how she's going to go about it, I probably, this is, this is the time that like having some legal backing would be useful. Right? Yep. So getting back in touch um, with Mr. Rohini. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to go into the chipped cup mm -hmm. and I'm just going to sit there and drink some whiskey and try my best to seem cool as a cucumber. And what I want to do basically is roll sway and try and convince. I know he's still got people here. Yeah. And I want the people to be yeah. like, okay, they can be normal. They're a mm -hmm. normal person. Yeah, right. I want to point out that the chip cup was recently on fire, so mm. they're still renovating. I, it and I, yeah, and but, I was uh, I, I played a key part in the uh -huh. setting on fire. Yeah, but kind but of the sure. problem is that like even though I want to pretend that I uh -huh. am uh, good at tradecraft, I'm actually not that good. Yeah, so we'll uh, if nothing else, this is a brazen signal, right? Like I am making myself yes. visible. You're, the the yeah. one advantage to this is you're putting out feelers for Mister Heaney to establish contact, which is probably what they prefer. Yes, so. Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. Okay. So sway so, is yeah. a fortune. Sway is a fortune. I think it can work, absolutely. Six. No, five. Sorry, no, no, I misread. No, that was the previous one. Yeah, it's yeah. A five. Yeah, yeah. Um so that's two ticks. Uh and the last thing that I will do, because I really like mm -hmm. any um downtime that I spend not working on light as a feather is I think a wasted downtime. Yeah. Uh so I'm going to spend my last coin mm -hmm. doing this. Uh, to try and tame to... the demon. Yep. Yes. And this time I'm going to do it by skirmishing, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go, I'm going to find Mushfiq and Vidrohi. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, time for lessons, children. Uh, and I'm going to fight them to one one Okay. I'm for lessons, children. Um, okay, Mushvik's like, Andy, it hurts. Why, why now? <laughs> uh. And I will just say, learning how to fight through the pain is very important. You think I'm uh, hale and hearty? <laughs> Andy, yeah. that's why I am worried that we will hurt you. <laughs> you shut your mouth or I will shut it for you. You understood, yeah. no? Come. Oh, you want to shut the mouth? Come over here and let us see you shut the mouth. Come on. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, so you were planning to, yeah, fight your way through this, try to master the dance that the demon is trying to yeah. teach you by fighting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And so, in some ways, even though I've told them, you mm. got to learn to fight through the pain, actually, like, it's what I'm teaching myself is to fight through the pain. Yeah. Um, All right. Very good. So, we're still weighed down skirmish. by this demon. Mm -hmm. yep. skirmish, skirmish, fortune roll. Fortune. 
Six. Okay. That's three so it's picks. a six. Yeah. Oh, God, he beats the shit out of us. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I think, think that is see, the problem. Yeah, and I think what we see as you like instruct them in these ancient sword arts, where you're like you're much older, but you have the experience on your side, right? You're not yeah. as physically fit, and I think you will get flashes of Samoom, the demon, moving aside you, and almost as if mm. to taunt you. Except it's not, because all yeah. of this is very loving. It's just from loving from a demon's fucked up perspective. Uh, yeah. Samoom is decked out less. now. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. wrapped up, he's wrapped up in his nomad outfit, which covers every part of his body, quote-unquote. Mm. But his clothes are now decorated with tassels. Hundreds and hundreds of tassels, each of them made from a stolen breath. Mm. And I think all I will say uh-huh. is, um, as I'm beating the two of them to shit, uh-huh. uh, I think you just hear me singing the desert song yeah. under my breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like moving in time to the song. Yeah. Which may be very weird for you, to be honest. Yes. And it's very pleasing to Samoom, to be honest, because this is. Yeah. He, he's, he hurts you only because he loves you. Demons are literally demons. demons. Yeah. I'm about to hurt him. Yeah. And I don't love him. So you yes. know what? He can uh-huh. go fuck himself. Yes. Here close the doors to the house of endings. Those who dwell within are so happy. Called Clove, Adiat, called Soap, Saumitri, called Tree, and Emma. I have been Prince, your host. Our city of Uduasha is based on Blades in the Dark by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions, with special thanks to Johnstone Metzger. Follow us on Twitter or support us on ko-fi.com/desperateattune. If you want to engage further with us, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash where you will get our newsletter, extra content, and updates from Uduasha. So your solution to having two ridiculously dangerous swordsmen after you is just to fight them both at once. Yes. Yes. And we just okay. Since we're going to fight them in broad daylight, why not we go all the way, all the fucking way? We We do it in the sands of the arena, in the Colosseum itself. Mm. I can arrange. You can? Yes, I have friend in House Andrakis. And this would be better? It would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs>